the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We think of Joseph, we think of a man who just held on to God, who didn't let go, who went his entire life journey with God. Thank you for joining us today for the second half of Joseph's Father with Pastor Michael Oxentenko. Today's Reaching Your Heart. We're excited to bring you the second half of this message, and we hope that you enjoy it. If you've missed any portion of the message, you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. And thank you so much for joining us here today. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Don't forget the worship service is held every Saturday at 11 o'clock, and you are always welcome. The broadcast is also streamed live at reachinghearts.org slash video. We'll have details on that and more as we continue with today's broadcast. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentango. So this vision of the ladder represents the transition point in Jacob's life from crookedness to little faith at the house of God. Look at verse 20. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear. Have you ever prayed for those things? No. Uh, Maybe a fat IRA too. Verse 21. So that I come again to my father's house in peace. Now look at the verse here. Then the Lord shall be my God. I'm not making this up. And this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou givest me, I will give a tenth to thee. Then I'll start paying tithe to you. Amazing. Genesis 31 verse 1. Now Jacob heard that the sons of Laban were saying, Jacob has taken all that was our father's. And from what was our father's, he has gained all this wealth. And Jacob saw that Laban did not regard him with favors before. Then the Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your fathers and to your kindred, and I will be with you. So God shows up again after he has prospered him. Here is that I statement again from God. Return and I will be with you. God says that to all of us at times. He says, look, you've gone in the wrong direction in life. You've lost your way. Return and I will bring you home. Return to me, come home to me, come back to me, and I will be with you in the journey that takes you where you need to go. And that's what Jacob did. He started home and God was with him. And just before he met his brother, his fear rose up inside him for a good reason. He remembered how he had let God down by lying and telling his father that he was Esau instead of Jacob. He put wool in his arm, as you know, to his blind father so he'd think that he was Esau. He remembered how he had treated his father, his mother, and yes, his brother by lying to secure the birthright and the blessing. He was not strong when he should have been. He could steal the birthright, that he did, but he could never steal the blessing that only God can give. Only God can give the blessing, and that is God's to give. God did give him the blessing, but not right away. That's the focus of Jacob's next scene in his life. For in Jacob's sin stood in the way of the blessing. 
His awful sin, it rose inside him like a whirlwind to crush him from within. I sinned, and it was so horrible what I did to my family. He confessed it all to God, but it still bothered him in his relationship to God. It still rose up to hurt him because he couldn't fix it with his brother, and he knew it was that bad. It was awful. And now his brother was coming after him and his family to kill him, all he thought. Probably right at first. Jacob sent a message to his brother that God blessed him with flocks and servants, with all that he had and needed. And the message came back to him that Esau was coming with 400 men. Of course, it's implied men of war. So his brother's not impressed with his lying brother's statement. He doesn't believe a word of it, it would seem. Jacob prayed a prayer that went high to heaven on Jacob's ladder, that is Jesus. Turn to Genesis 32, verse 9. Here is his prayer to God at this time. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abram, and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, who did say to me, in other words, you spoke to them, but now you told me this, return to your country and to your kindred, and I will do you good. I am not worthy of the least of all the steadfast love and all the faithfulness which thou hast shown to thy servant. For with only my staff I crossed the Jordan, and now I have become two companies. He divided his family up so if they attack one side, some would survive maybe. He said, Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he come and slay us all, the mothers with the children. But thou didst say, I will do you good, and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. Now I'm looking at this phrase when he said, I will do you good. And if I go back here and I look at the actual thing that God said, he said, I will be with you. (laughs) So he's kind of like taking God's words and upping the ante. You said you'd be with me. Well, look, that means you're going to do me good. There's a good deal in this for me. That was the promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob here restated by Jacob. And Jacob mattered to God so much that Abraham and Isaac does not complete the phrase. Here Jacob calls on the name of the Lord as the God of his fathers with the full feeling of his failure, but he is indeed calling on the Lord because of the promise of God's word and his character of love. Friend, when you are faced with the crushing feeling of your failure and sin, the word of God, the promise of God in his mighty word is the mighty and only antidote that will make you overcome and face down your enemies and demons on the outside who would destroy you and crush you because of your failure. You need the word of God. Jacob sent gifts with his servants across the ford of the stream of the Jabbok. He wanted to kind of manipulate the process. He sent them ahead and he stayed behind in the night. He realized that nothing was working. His abilities to manipulate an outcome were collapsing in his eyes. And so he stayed back at night on the other side of the stream to duke it out with God. Genesis 32, 21. So the present passed on before him. And he himself lodged that night in the camp. The same night he rose and took his two wives, his two maids, his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and likewise everything that he had. Verse 24, and Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. Now to this point in time, the conflicts have been within Jacob's family system. Jacob lied to his brother. He deceived his father. He fled from his brother for his life. His brother hated him for his awful trickery that set him up to lose his birthright and the blessing. And so he sought to kill his brother Jacob. 
I will take my brother out. I'll put his head on the wall just like the deer head that I had the taxidermist work with. And that's how I remember Jacob. His father and his mother's favorites were at war. And so a family that should have been functional was nothing but a warring clan. One side trying to get ahead at the expense of the other. Jacob struggled with his liar father-in-law Laban for a future where he could keep his flocks, his children, his God and go home. And then the love triangle that was nothing but triple trouble and rivalry between Rachel, Leah, and Jacob. And then to make it worse, their maids, Bella and Zophah, and the kids that followed from this complicated, crazy kind of family. Jacob's life was one big struggle to get along with the people he loved and hold his family together. Jacob's children would continue the conflict at Joseph's expense. Jacob would say this at the end of his life. Turn to Genesis 47, verse 9. And Jacob said to Pharaoh, The days of the years of my sojourning are 130 years. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life. And they have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their sojournings. Jacob's life was full of conflict and trouble. And now he stayed back to pray in the night. And there in the night of his fear, a man from nowhere, it seemed, found him and fought with him for his very life. The first time he did that, he saw a dream of a ladder. This time a man is trying to strangle him to death. Every family has some form of conflict in it. Hey, brothers and sisters, you ever fight? A few of you are transparent again. Yeah. Moms and dads, do your siblings ever fight? Come on, raise the hand if it's true. My brothers fought. We fought like cats and dogs a lot. Well, look, every family has some form of conflict in it. Every person struggles with someone else at some point in their family or professional life. That's the reality of it. Every soul is challenged by another to fail or give in to something they don't want in their life. And every heart knows the hurt of war. War in the family, war with others, or war with God in the church. Conflict is part of life at times. Jacob had been fighting all his life to find his way home and know that he was fighting for his life. He wanted to know it mattered. And now he was fighting for his life just before he got home. We go through these kinds of things also. And just before Jesus comes, the final generation will go through a time of trouble like Jacob did that night. If you're trying to avoid trouble at the time of the end, if you're trying to get some exit strategy where you got everything you need so you can go to heaven without any conflict, sorry, it doesn't work that way. We have to go through the time of trouble to go home. Look at Jeremiah 30, verse 7, prophetic. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved from it. We will be saved through trouble, not around it. Jacob fought in the night with a man whose name he did not know. He did not know that he was fighting with the pre-existent Christ, the mighty angel, the Lord, who is the second person of the Trinity, the eternal, never-ending Son of God, showed up as the man to fight in the night with him. He was fighting for his life with Jesus Christ. No one gets to heaven without a struggle. No one gets to glory without fighting in the night with Jesus Christ. It is a faith struggle. And friend, you must win the fight of faith to gain the prize at the end. Overcomers will inherit the kingdom of God. Losers will not. We are not called to lose. We are called to fight the fight of faith and win the prize. Men and women who have fought in the night the fight of faith with prayer and tears and self and humility for their family, their children, their own soul. These people will inherit eternal life. 
Genesis 32, verse 24, Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. The breaking of the day was the sunrise in Jacob's life, the new beginning. The strange man showed up like a vampire in the night, it seemed, but this man was no monster and no criminal. He was no enemy of Jacob. The fight was at the river Jabbok that means to be empty. That's what the word means, to empty. Jacob was emptying himself in his struggle and his prayer and his fight with God. And the man in the night was fighting also for him and with him and against him for his very life. He was losing himself in the night with the man in the fight who fought for his soul like Jacob fought against him for it also. It's a paradoxical kind of thing that you can fight with God. That's what was happening that night. He was fighting with God Almighty in the person of the pre-existent Christ who guarded his family from Abraham to him. Jesus was God. I'll say it this way. Jesus was God in the Old Testament. E.T. on the ground. The angel of the Lord in human form. The mysterious ladder that links heaven and earth. Now fighting with Joseph's father, Jacob, for his future, his life, and his soul. Our future was in that fight that night. Friend, there are times we have to fight with God, to stay with God, and to be blessed by God. Am I right? We have to fight with God at times because we are at odds with God. Verse 25, when the man saw that he did not prevail against God, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and Jacob's thigh was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Jacob was a weakling compared to his big brother Esau. But that night the mama's boy became a mighty man of faith like Abraham and Isaac as he fought with God and prevailed with God because he would not let God go in spite of his sin. Joseph's father, Jacob, the heel, the liar, the usurper, the failure, the exile, Laban's son-in-law, the liar also, would not let the pre-existent Christ go. In light of all those facts, the great fact of his life was that the Lord was with him and he hung on to God. Friend, neither should you let God go as you are struggling in your life, as you're struggling with your sin, as you're struggling for acceptance. Don't let Jesus go. Don't let him go. Fight in the night and hang on. Fight with him all the way and don't let him go. No matter how much it hurts to hang on to Jesus, hang on to Jesus. And Jesus is found in the church. Hang on through the night until the sun begins to shine. It will shine and the morning comes. Your new life will be renewed if you fight in the night. Verse 26, then he, that's the pre-existent Christ, the man who shows up, said, let me go for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I like this, I will not let you go unless you bless me. You can't steal the blessing. You can't lie to get it. Only God can give it. He says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Wow. Dear heart, God isn't fighting with you in your life for nothing. God is fighting your life for you and your family, for your soul. God loves you and God wants to see you through his kingdom of light. God wants you to make it, so you must fight with him because he won't go away in the fight unless you send him away. Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. Jacob lied to gain the birthright, but only God can give the blessing. He told his father Isaac that he was Esau. So Isaac would bless him with the birthright and the blessing of Abraham. Look at what the man says to him in verse 27. Follow your Bible here. And he said to him, Jacob, what is your name? And notice the answer. And he said, Jacob. He didn't say Esau this time. 
See, God is bringing him back to the thing that messed his life up in the very beginning. He said, who are you? He had confessed that he was Esau. He says, I am Jacob, the heel. That's who I am. I'm just Jacob. Verse 28, then he said, your name shall no more be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God with men and you have prevailed. We'll continue with today's Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. If you'd like to attend the worship service, I will have details on how you can do that here at the close of our broadcast today, so please stay tuned. You can always attend online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Many archived messages are available there for you, and you can attend the live service in a streaming format at that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in today's Reaching Your Heart. And Jacob won the fight with God that led to the morning of a new opportunity, a future forged by faith. The ancients believed that if you knew the name of a God, you could manipulate that God. And so if you asked the name and you got it down, then you could control the God. Jacob said that mentality. So even now, he wants to have power over the man who fought with him in the night. Verse 29. Then Jacob asked him, tell me, I pray, your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he just blessed him. He changed his name from Jacob to Israel. And he blessed him as the morning broke. The name Israel is etymologically rich with Hebrew verbal roots and nuances superimposed on each other to mean a lot. It is a profoundly important rich name. Israel can mean these things. He keeps or holds on to God. It can mean God is upright, that God strives, God perseveres. And it can also mean he will be a prince of God. All of those are possible, in fact, are correct meanings of the name Israel. Huge superimposing of ideas into the name. The name Israel carries the idea that Joseph's father won the fight with God to become a vessel that can receive and hold on to God. He is now Israel and Jacob to heal no more. He has prevailed with God. Genesis 32 verse 30. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel saying, For I have seen God face to face and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, a little different, limping because of his thigh. Peniel means the face of God. Penuel means the same thing, but it also means he turns to God. Joseph's father, Jacob, who saw the face of God, had now turned to God. I think of the song, turn, how does it go? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his marvel and grace. I do a little different, but isn't that wonderful that we can sing to God and we can be saved by grace? That's what Jacob did. He got it. Joseph's father, Israel, was limping as he rose from that place of the fight, the place called the face of God, to face his brother Esau on behalf of his family, unafraid, no fear anymore. He divided them strategically and then went before them, limping along and bowing down to the earth in humility and love for his brother Esau, but not fear. 
chapter 32, verse 3 of Genesis, he himself went out before them, not behind, but before, like a man of God, strong, bowing himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. When you shed tears for another, those tears have a way of washing away the bitterness and hatred of the past. Jacob was Joseph's father, and Joseph wept for his brothers. Sometimes we see Joseph as a perfect man who did everything right. Never forget that Joseph had a father who was far from perfect, who clung to God, allowed God to work in his life as he held on to God's promise in his word, and as he held on to God through the long journey of becoming Christ-like. Joseph was able to endure and trust God in his long journey in Egypt because he knew the story of how God had saved his father and blessed him. The saddest part of Joseph's story is the statement in Genesis 41, 51, when he confessed when Manasseh was born, his son in Egypt, that God had caused him to forget all his father's house. I guarantee you, Joseph did not forget his father. May have forgotten his house, but not his father. Joseph's father was Israel, the man who fought with God and won the fight with God. At the end of his life, Jacob, now Israel, blessed Joseph's sons when he remembered that God in the form of that man in the night, in the night of his fear, had blessed him in the fight for his life, his family and his faith. He had blessed him. He had blessed him. And so he rises as the patriarch of his family to pass that blessing on to his children. Joseph's father won the fight with God so he could bless his children for God and give them a future with faith and prosperity. Now, fathers, I'm speaking to you directly. You fight with God in your life. You get into the word of God. You become men of God in prayer. Yeah, you're imperfect. I am too. But you go the course because your kids are worth it. Your family is worth it. Your future is worth it. And fight for it. Give them a legacy. Give them a blessing. My dad gave me no blessing for most of my life until he turned to God in the last two months of his life. It transformed my life. And I'm telling you, you have a God-giving call to be men of God, to do the same in your own sphere, to bless your children because you have been serious with God. You have won the fight in the night. As an old man, just before he died, Jacob lifted his hands, no doubt remembering the night when the pre-existent Christ blessed him at the river Jabbok when he fought with him in the night. Genesis 48, 13. And he blessed Joseph and said, The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has led me all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, And in them let my name be perpetuated in the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Joseph was a good man, and he raised his two good boys full of virtue who would learn to live for God and love God just like him and his father Israel. And the man who was blessed at the last by God blessed Joseph and his two children with his life story with this moral character, with his faith that had overcome. And the blessing, friend, has made all the difference in the world to the world. And that is the true story of Joseph's father. I want to be a dad like him, I think. I can relate to Joseph's father. Any fathers here can relate to Joseph's father? I want to be a dad like him. What about you? Joseph's father 
is our father also, not just Abraham and Isaac, our father also by faith. Dear Heavenly Father, we need Jesus like Jacob needed Jesus. We need the ladder that reaches us in our night and our fear like Jacob did. And Father, thank you for Father Jacob. Lord, it could be somebody here is saying, I'm at the beginning of a faith struggle. I'm not at the end of anything. I really have trouble in my life. Maybe you've caused a lot of that trouble. Maybe it's been pushed on you by others. But you don't feel God, but you want to. Maybe you sense him from the word. That's where we feel him is in the Bible. He comes to us that way. If you're that person, you say, Lord, would you cut a deal with me? Would you start with me and help me right now in my journey? If you're that person, raise your hand. God will see your hand. Now, Father, I know what that means. It means that you accept that person right now. You're going to deal with their faults of character. You're going to deal with their failings. You're going to love them. You're going to be with them in the entire journey of life. So, Father, forgive your people. Hold your people. Carry your people. And thank you that you're the God on the road, not the God at the end of the road only. And thank you that we learned that in the story of Joseph's father. In Jesus' name, we are grateful. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for the conclusion to Joseph's father, Pastor Michael Oxen Tanka's message today. Remember, you can find it online with many of the other messages we've presented here on Reaching Your Heart at reachingyourheart.com. Thanks for listening today. We would really love for you to be a part of our worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road. Laurel, Maryland, 20707. Or if you're more comfortable, you're certainly welcome to watch online at reachinghearts.org slash video. reachinghearts.org slash video. The live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website. reachinghearts.org slash video. Thanks for listening. And we do pray that God is reaching your heart. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.